Isaiah chapter 34, verse 1. Come near, ye nations, to hear, and ye peoples, give attention. Here doth the earth and its fullness, the world and all its productions. The entire world will know what the Lord is going to do in Israel. 2. For wrath is to Jehovah against all the nations, and fury against all their host. He hath devoted them to destruction, he hath given them to slaughter. The reason the Lord devoted pagans to destruction is because they would not repent and they were teaching their children paganism. The Lord would have the Israelites wipe out everybody, no matter what their age, even if they were old or children. And this is because the paganism would continue in all of those generations if those people were allowed to stay alive. In the New Covenant, nobody has to die prematurely because the blood of Jesus Christ can change our lives and transform us. But before Jesus came, in the Old Covenant, if somebody was practicing witchcraft or paganism or alcoholism, they would pass it on to their children, guaranteed. But today you can break free of that if your parents practice witchcraft, for instance. As long as you repent of your sins, the Lord can deliver you from that bondage. It isn't unjust when the Lord allows children to die because he judges all of us by what we know. And if an infant dies who doesn't even know right from wrong, they will go to heaven. And that's a certain kind of mercy when somebody doesn't have to live in this world where they will have temptation and possibly turn to sin and never receive salvation. For children who are old enough to know right from wrong, they get judged by what they know. The Lord gave everybody a conscience, so even people who haven't heard the gospel do know right from wrong. And also, the Lord proves himself through the world that he created, so everyone is aware that there is a God simply because of nature itself. The existence of creation proves that there is a creator. Only the Lord can judge each person, and he has made a way for everybody to be saved, no matter what their age or their background or whether or not they've heard the gospel. In fact, Jesus appears to some people who never heard the gospel. Some people have visions of Jesus, and he comes to them himself when missionaries cannot reach them. In the Old Testament, when it says all nations, it means all of the nations at that time. There were less nations in ancient times than there are now. This prophecy related to the nations that existed when Isaiah was alive, but I think even more so it's a prophecy of future events in the end times when the Lord will destroy all the nations during the Great Tribulation. 3. And their wounded are cast out, and their carcasses cause their stench to ascend, and melted have been the mountains from their blood. This means that people who die in battle will not be buried. Their carcasses will rot out in the open. This is a curse because not having a proper burial is a humiliation. 4. And consumed have been all the host of the heavens, and rolled together as a book have been the heavens, and all of their hosts do fade, as the fading of a leaf of a vine, and as the fading one of a fig tree.
This is definitely a prophecy about end times because the same thing is said in the book of Revelation. It says that when Jesus returns, the sky will be rolled back like a scroll. The atmosphere will be parted like a scroll, and we will be exposed under the gaze of Jesus, and that will cause terror in people's eyes. Here, this verse is saying the same thing, that the sky is going to be rolled back and the stars are going to be destroyed, which is also what Revelation says. That's okay because there are no sun, moon, or stars in heaven, and there's none in hell either. Hell isn't allowed luminaries, and heaven doesn't need luminaries because the light comes from the Lord himself in heaven. 5. For soaked in the heavens was my sword, lo, on Edom it cometh down, on the people of my curse for judgment. God brought judgment on the Edomites because they were cousins of the Israelites, but they often persecuted the Israelites. So they came under God's judgment multiple times. The Edomites are descendants of Esau, who was the brother of Jacob. Esau married Egyptian wives, therefore his children became pagans, and they didn't love their Israelite brothers. 6. A sword is to Jehovah. It hath been full of blood. It hath been made fat with fatness, with blood of lambs and he goats, with fat of kidneys of rams. For a sacrifice is to Jehovah in Basra, and a great slaughter in the land of Edom. This is a metaphor. It isn't really animals that are going to be slaughtered, it's people. But because these people didn't worship the Lord and bring him sacrifices, they will become like the sacrifice because they will be devoted to the Lord, which means they'll be killed. Some people would say, God has no right to punish us, but God is not our equal. He is above us and he has every right to punish us. It's our equals who don't have a right to punish us. So we human beings who are equals don't have a right to punish each other. But the Lord has every right. When we say that God doesn't have a right to punish us, that is absolute arrogance. It's saying that we are his equal, which we're not. We didn't create him, and we didn't create anything. He created us. And he's not dependent on us for his existence. It's the other way around. We cannot judge our Creator. 7. And come down have reams with them, and bullocks with bulls, and soaked hath been their land from blood, and their dust from fatness is made fat. A ream is like a one-horned animal, like a rhino. So this is probably another part of the metaphor saying that the officials and the officers of Edom will also die. A rhinoceros is a lot stronger than a cow. Those who have power and strength among the Edomites will also be slaughtered. This prophecy is against the Edomites, but it's also a metaphor for a prophecy of the end times against all the nations who oppose the Lord. 8. For a day of vengeance is to Jehovah, a year of recompenses for Zion's strife. 9. And turned have been her streams to pitch, and her dust to brimstone, and her land hath become burning pitch. This is definitely talking about the Great Tribulation. It says that rivers are going to be burned up in fire. 
that sounds like possibly nuclear holocaust, which would definitely be possible during the Great Tribulation. In the book of Revelation, it also has metaphors of a burning fire falling on the earth, which could also represent an atom bomb. It's possible that World War III takes place during the Great Tribulation. 10. By night and by day she is not quenched, to the age go up doth her smoke. From generation to generation she is waste, forever and ever, none is passing into her. That also sounds like the Great Tribulation, because the world will be utterly destroyed, and then the Lord will create a new earth and a new heaven. Whatever man destroys, the Lord can make new again. 11. And possess her do pelican and hedgehog, and owl and raven dwell in her, and he hath stretched out over her a line of vacancy and stones of emptiness. This is also mentioned in the book of Revelation, that lone animals will live in the final Babylon, as well as other places they get destroyed. This is also similar to what happened to the first Babylon. To this day, it's still desolate, and nothing lives there but wild animals. 12. To the kingdom her freemen they call, but there are none there, and all her princes are at an end all of her officials are dead. This is talking about the nation of the Edomites, which today would be some of the Arab nations. 13. And gone up her palaces have thorns, nettle and bramble are in her fortresses, and it hath been a habitation of dragons, a court for daughters of an ostrich. Again, dragons and ostriches are also lonely animals. They can live out in the wild by themselves. Most dragons are extinct now, but there might be some hiding around somewhere that show up in the end times. Some of the animals that scientists have claimed were extinct. We've actually found some sightings of some of them. So it's possible that some dragons are still hiding somewhere in a cave. 14. And met have Zim with aim, and the goat for its companion calleth. Only there resteth hath the night owl, and hath found for herself a place of rest. This could be referring to jackals and other wild animals, taking over the land that the Lord has destroyed, where people have died. 15. There made her nest hath the bittern, yea, she layeth and hath hatched, and hath gathered under her shadow. Only there gathered have been vultures, each with its companion. The bittern is possibly a heron, or a swamp animal, and it says that it will be there along with vultures. And vultures gather around dead bodies. In Revelation it also says, where the body is, there will the vultures gather, during the end times. 16. Seek out of the book of Jehovah, and read, One of these hath not been lacking, none hath missed its companion. For my mouth it hath commanded, and his spirit he hath gathered them. This means that Isaiah's words will be proven true, and men will be able to look in the scroll that has Isaiah's prophecy and see that it was prophesied before it happened. Since this prophecy also relates to end times, during the Great Tribulation, people will be able to read in the Bible 
about what's happening to them, not only in the book of Isaiah, but also in the book of Daniel, and in the book of Revelation, and in the book of Thessalonians, also in the book of Ezekiel, a lot of these prophecies about end times show up. 17. And he hath cast for them a lot, and his hand hath apportioned it to them by line, unto the age they possess it, to all generations they dwell in it. The Lord has drawn a straw to destroy Edom. It sounds like he's made a random decision, but he could have destroyed any nation, and he will destroy all the nations that oppose him in Armageddon, which is the final battle after the millennial reign. Edom here is representative of what will happen to many nations that come against the Lord and will not repent. Today in Western cultures, we have rampant paganism, not only in our governments and in the media, but also in our churches. Some of our laws are pro-paganism, and some of our churches are teaching witchcraft, although sometimes in ignorance, and witchcraft is part of paganism. There's a lot of spiritism in the church today. And that's when people are hyper-spiritual, but they're speaking to familiar spirits like guardian angels, they're commanding angels, they're getting words from angels, but these are demonic angels. They're not from the Lord. And a lot of people are practicing incantations in the church, but they don't know that that's what they're doing. They're getting instructed to pray a certain way to cast out demons, and the instructions are really incantations. It's kind of like they're pronouncing magic spells over demons. There's even worse spiritism teachings in the church, such as grave soaking and all kinds of demonic doctrine. We have to be really careful. Just go back to scripture. If you don't see it in the scripture, then don't do it. Paganism is everywhere. It never died in fact, sex trafficking is part of paganism as well. Going all the way back to Noah, prostitution has always been a hallmark of paganism. And a lot of our holiday traditions have pagan origins. And that concludes Isaiah chapter 34.